You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast, your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. Drinking Socially is released every Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untapped.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. We just want to give you a heads up that the next couple shows, including this one, are going to be pre-recorded. I'm actually going to be out of the country and unable to record weekly, so shows may be a little bit shorter and the the content may not be as timely. Our regularly scheduled weekly recordings will resume in April, and we apologize for any inconvenience and uh, hope you enjoy. So before we get into it, let's get something to drink. Today we're opening up Zeke and Destroy, an Imperial Amber Ale from Neshemini? Neshemini. Neshemini Creek Brewing Company. It's actually listed as a red IPA on Untapped, probably because it is dry hopped with Citra, Calypso, and Denali hops. It comes in at 7.6 ABV, and we've got a uh, pint here. I'm excited to try it. So this beer actually only has 361 unique check-ins on our app. 362. <laughs> 363. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, let me, let me correct that number. <laughs> so how did we get this beer here? This actually came to me in a beer trade on Reddit, believe it or not. Back before, before the, it was the banned. Hammer came yep. down on you, Reddit. If you listened to our last episode, we discussed how uh, Reddit recently banned beer trading. Well... They made sweeping changes to ban a lot of transactions on the site, but beer and beer trading happened to fall into the category, so that is gone. But before that happened, um, I was part of a Secret Santa beer trade. Uh, it was actually a Valentine's-themed Secret Santa, if you will, themed beer trade uh, in the untapped subreddit. So part of the trade came um, with uh, three beers from this brewery, this being one of them. Since we've had a lot of hazy IPAs lately, which two of the <laughs> others are, I decided to go for the... Uh, the Imperial Amber. Yeah. I'm just taking a look at their website right now to see uh, what others they've got. Yeah, they've got a, um, they make a lager, a uh, cream ale, a Pilsner. If you if you remember our coverage of Pilsner in our last episode, uh, half Milk Stout. Yeah, so it looks like they, they have a couple of year-round offerings, um, some seasonal series, and then the a couple of San semi-annual offerings as well uh as well as limited the what i love about this brewery and this beer is the continuity between all of their labels yes the other two that i have are in the same illustrative um style and they look amazing they're that's incredible i love the uh the font used on these the type looks great kind of this like wavy um b-movie horror look to it um and kind of like a uh like a comic book a little bit reminds me a little bit of bottle logics um illustration yeah on, it does very very colorful little comic booky definitely i'm i'm really enjoying this um breaking up a lot of the ipa rich drinking that we've been doing um it's it's got that bite it's got the bitterness that you we always crave from the hops uh, but it has a nice little kind of like coppery malty thing going on that's really balancing it out yeah kind of almost in the vein of a campfire uh like warmth of of the fall warmth of the winter balanced with this kind of bitter dry hopped flavor yeah i I like it a lot yeah the the dry hopping is definitely standing out on this Mm -hmm. um not only in the aroma but the flavor 
Oh, definitely in the flavor. Yeah, I get it. I get it a lot less on the aroma than I than I would expect. I'm not sure if you did say specifically, but it is Citra, Calypso, and Denali hops being yes. used in here. Yep. Ones that I don't necessarily ever see together, which is I- interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard of Calypso either. I have seen it in some um, real. I have seen it in some beers recently. Um, I can't specifically re- recall which, but I know I've seen that name around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've got requests to cover a specific hop varietal on every episode, so <laughs> that could get interesting. It could. It could. Yeah. Kyle's hop corner. Hey, I. I would have to. So long as you let me come up with a clever like theme song. Uh, maybe maybe a little hip hop. Let me read to you what uh, Neshemini Creek says on their website. Zeke destroys an imperial American amber ale brewed with two-row barley, biscuit-like victory malt, and a touch of chocolate and cara red, which is supposed to provide a fuller body and imparts a deep, saturated red color, particularly in red ales and lagers. With hints of honey and breadcrumbs, hopped with, again, Citra, Calypso, and Denali hops, Lending notes of orange zest, mango, and key lime pie to this 7.6 ABV brew. They say it's perfect for a chilly fall weather that's at our doorstep. So here, here I am imparting this feeling of kind of changing of the seasons and fall and everything. Um, and that's, that is, that's exactly in their marketing copy. Nice work, Kyle. Uh, back in 2017, they only released 50 cases of these 16-ounce cans and draft released. And at the same time, they released it on draft. So that's interesting. That's probably the reason why there are so few check-ins of this particular beer, but I'm really enjoying this. If you're one of the 361 people who have checked into this beer, let us know what you thought on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by tagging us at untapped. All right, let's get into some of our community updates and some of the more recent additions to the Untapped app. We actually released Untapped 3.2.4 recently as a small update, a hotfix, if you would, where we fixed a couple of bugs that we had shipped in 3.2.3. So be sure to update to the latest whenever you can. If you do have any issues, though, you can always file a ticket with us over at help.untapped.com. You can also send us a pre-formatted message by hitting the feedback button within the settings on the app. And of course, you can always send us a message on social, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we are at Untapped. Or if you just prefer email, you can always email us at help at and let us know if you're having any issues. And of course, if you don't mind taking a moment to review the app in the Apple App Store or in the Google Play Store, we'd really appreciate it. Want to show off your love of Untapped? Check out our online store and pick up Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and more. Go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to get 20% off all orders. That's store.untapped.com coupon code PODCAST to get 20% off. Let's move on to our Style of the Week segment and take a look at this week's featured beer style. Here's Tim with more. This week, appropriately enough, we are going to be taking a look at Amber Ales. These don't necessarily have the deep, rich history of some of the other um, larger styles, but I thought it would be interesting and appropriate to cover, being that we are enjoying one right now. 
So amber ales are a byproduct of pale ales. They are basically pale ales that are brewed with amber malt or sometimes crystal malt. These malts cause the color to range from amber and copper to kind of deep red hues, hence the name amber ale. I would say that the one that we've got today is a little more on the copper side. Um, not even though it is brewed with a specifically mentioned red malt, um, this is it's more on the copper side. I would say uh, amber ales were actually made popular here in California and the Pacific Northwest. Um, then after they kind of caught on, they spread quickly across uh, North America. Now I wonder here if that has anything to do with with its sort of deeper history with the pale ale being such a huge and popular style in that part of the United States at that time. Um, or I guess of any time, whenever, yep. whenever that was, whenever it was popular. Somebody's, somebody's probably just like, hey, we've got some extra pale ale. Let's, let's put a different type of something in it and see what happens. Yeah, it's sort of the, the exploratory phase of mm-hmm. uh, the Northwest or, you know, West Coast beer movement. Yep. Embryos tend to have a moderate to heavy body and are characterized by American variety hops. Uh, these produce a medium hop bitterness and then kind of help cause that flavor and aroma. I could see the the hops being an interesting sort of way to bridge the gap between either d- like darker beers or more roasty beers, sort of the the malt heavier mm-hmm. styles of beer versus what you would kind of expect from a West Coast beer, which is just smacking you straight in the face with a bag of hops. That is true. It does, it does bridge that gap, interestingly enough. The malts tend to provide a richer mouthfeel and body than the pale ales that they come from. And as we kind of mentioned, they do have a more noticeable caramel and crystal malt flavor going on. They have only have kind of a, a little bit of carbonation. It's not an overwhelming um, kind of uh, brightness that you would get, say, from an IPA or from a pale ale mm-hmm. where you're, you're kind of being... It, it, I guess the the texture is bright as well as the flavor and sort of the nose and everything about a pale ale is just very bright every every time it hits bright 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 bright. This is more subdued, and I think that is also due to not just the malts but sort of the the mouth feel. Kind of the it's not the only brightness you're getting is from the hops. It's not from the carbonation or anything else. Thanks in part to all of these things, it's actually an easy choice for craft beer novices, people who are just getting into beer. Um, the amber ales tend to range about 4 to 7%. We are currently having one that is 7.6%, but this is also considered an imperial. Yeah, leading, so it's, leading, it's right in there. Yeah. Have you ever brewed a uh, an, an amber ale I before? have not. I've done pales. Um, I did a red ale once, um, but I have not gotten to an amber yet. I'm interested to know maybe what procedurally maybe different from other beers or, you know, what, what makes this one a little more approachable than say an IPA or, you know, maybe less room for error or potentially, I'm not so sure that it's the brewing that is necessarily more approachable, but the beer itself being that it's not, it's not going to smack you in the face with hops, like a pale ale, Uh, the maltiness balances it out, gives it a little more, um, uh, a little easier tones to drink. mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it tends to actually be a gateway beer. What are some good examples of amber ales that maybe I've had before, other than this one, obviously, that we're drinking? The first one that comes to mind was one of my gateway beers, if you will go with it, um, which is Fat Tire from New Belgium. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Fat Tire was one of those that I would always see in in restaurants or it would be on tap um, at a local brew pub. But it the the color kind of is, is a little off-putting. It's not what you would expect from a beer. 
comes in a little darker. Uh, it definitely looks like it would taste heavier. Um, but only coming in at between 4 and 7 ABV, it still kind of sits in that range of pale ale. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm remiss, if you would, that I haven't kind of gone deeper on, on amber ales. It seems like a style that I should check out more often. Definitely. If you're looking for a mix of hoppy and malty, and like you said, it's a good in-between spot. Uh, Boot Amber Ale, I think, is pretty popular here in California by Anderson Valley. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Ballast Point makes an amber ale uh, called Calico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Redtail Amber is also pretty popular. Bear Republic has a Red Rocket Ale. Oh, uh, yes. I've had that one. Um, and then Prohibition, speaking very specifically about uh, laws around Prohibition, Speakeasy. Uh, has a, a beer called Prohibition that is an amber ale. But the, the amber ale is, is sort of a quintessentially California-style beer, and it, it is done by a whole bunch of different breweries, and it is pretty, it's pretty widely distributed, too. It seems like a real approachable style that balances hops and malts that I don't think gets that much attention in craft beer. Well, for... Those who are actually kind of into the whole craft beer scene, you're looking for cool hip things. You're you're on the hazy train. You're looking for the hops. You're, who's who's going to be the first to make a hazy red ale? There That's we what go. I'm That's an interesting. So how would that work? You'd start with the hazy IPA, but the malt bill would be different. I don't. Mm. Un, an unfiltered red ale. The wheels are turning. I don't know. I don't know about that. The the double the dry hop and or double dry hop on this is probably that's the way it's kind of leaning more towards that, you know, IPA level. Yeah. And it would, it would make sense for a craft brewery, um, especially one that is looking to spread and gain more people and like expand in the market. You're not going to, you're not going to gain, um, a huge market share. Um, if you're putting out insanely hopped overly weird beers, you need to find some way to kind of like you, again, we keep coming back to the idea of bridging that gap between, um, your mass marketed consumer beer and uh, this, how do you get people into these like into these craft breweries? And I think Fat Tire is probably the best example I can come up with because I know people who are a you know either deep into the craft scene or know nothing at all, and they'll still go down that route. Right. It's it's sort of an easy recommendation if you're looking for something to recommend to a friend who isn't really into craft beer or who might be scared off by IPAs and. Adding an acronym to anything kind of scares me off, um, but this seems like a, a good style for for those kind of first getting interested in in craft beer. I really wish I had a good story about amber ales because a lot of times for me the style can taste like like I'm licking a penny. You know, it's not it's not always a great flavor, and. When, when, and if you find one that just doesn't either bad batch or just one that just flavor wise did not hit you where you wanted it to, to at that time, um, it can really put you off an entire style for a long time, whether you're, whether it's your first beer or your 900th beer, it doesn't matter. It, it, you can be put off by the whole entire style because of one bad experience. Mm Mm-hmm.
All right, let's look at some of the interesting beer articles that we found this week. Speaking of bridging flavors and odd things going out in the craft beer market, our first article here comes from fastcompany.com, and it is Peeps Flavored Beer is Here to Haunt the Easter Bunny's Nightmares. So we did mention that we're recording these episodes early, and this weekend is supposed to be Easter weekend. So this is one... I'm half interested in it. The Collective Brewing Project out of Fort Worth, uh, who previously brought the world ramen-flavored beer. Mm. I know Kyle's going to be happy about that one. I am. I really want to try that. We're anxiously waiting the ramen shop to open across the street now. We we are. (laughs) We are. Uh, They teamed up with a local bar called Lone Star Taps and Caps uh, to create a beer that pairs perfectly with Easter ham. Okay, so what would that be? Like honey or something that, that is... I, I don't know. Something not chocolate, sweet. right? Not You wouldn't want to go with something like that. I don't know if it's actually going to pair well or if it's just more of the theme that's going the on The idea. Here. Okay. Yeah, I think All it's right. more the idea because after you hear this. So this, uh, this collaboration is called Peep This Collab. I'm peeping it. <laughs> and it's a sour ale brewed with peeps, vanilla, and butterfly pea flour. So I didn't, I'll, I'll say out front, I did not expect a sour ale. Yeah, I know, right? I was thinking, uh, let's go chocolatey, let's, yep. like chocolate bunny, or for some reason, Cadbury egg came to mind, like sort of this real viscous kind of stout, an imperial barrel-aged stout kind of flavor with a with a peep, because you're thinking marshmallow and toasty, and I guess you couldn't toast a peep, but you, you get where I'm going with this, kind of the crystallized sugars and things like that. Yeah. That's true. And um, and the more interesting piece of the recipe here is the butterfly pea flower, and that's P-E-A, not the other kind. Not P-E-E-P, right? <laughs> yes, correct. Got it. Um, this is actually a flower um, that can be turned into a powder that's used to dye food and drink a certain shade of blue. It's been used for centuries, um, and it's derived from the butterfly pea plant which is a vining flower that uh, creeps along trellises um, in Thailand and Burma. So, okay. So what, what the expect, the expectation of this is that you pour it out and it's going to be this sort of bright blue sour ale that gets its color naturally from this, this butterfly pea powder that yes, they're adding to it. Correct. This same powder is actually uh, something that Starbucks has been using in a lot of their Instagram worthy frappuccinos. Okay, so it's giving it this really photogenic quality. It's really highly bright indigo blue. Wow. Wow. See, the blue peeps, I'll, I'll just say for me, the blue peeps aren't what I think of when you say peep. I think of those yellow. yellow yep, the traditional like, yellow. Exactly. But Maybe a pink here or there, but mostly. Sure. But you can't really do yellow. If, if I mean, most beer is yellow. I guess that would just be peep. Yeah, that's right exactly. There. Yeah. <laughs> The head brewer describes the beer as a marshmallowy and lightly tart, um, but doesn't mention anything about it being hoppy. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. I get the joke now. Because of bunnies and Easter. <laughs> That's really good. Yep. <sighs> It'd be really interesting to see what this looks like. Yes, definitely. I've poured a cherry sour ale before and a strawberry sour ale. I recently had a blueberry sour ale, but those all kind of landed in the red slash purple spectrum. None of them came in as this like bright blue power aid color. I would be really interested to one, see what this looks like and two, see how a kind of marshmallowy flavor 
it lends itself to a sour because that I can't I, two completely different flavor spectrums in my head. Yeah, at, at least in my opinion, I don't. I'm. It is more intrigue than offput. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I like all of the things that they're describing. I'm just curious what happens when you mash them together. Mash. Goodness. Okay. All right. This yep. is really good. Thank you. All the puns today. All the puns. <laughs> I was hoping to um I was hoping to pop on Untapped and maybe find somebody who had a picture, but mm. it looks like this is not being released until March thirtieth, and they will be doing a release event at the Collective Brewing Project Brewery. So we'll have to wait. We should do some follow-up, but sort of our first round of follow-up that is not correcting an error that we've made <laughs> about this show. Find out exactly what it's going to look like. I've see, see we got we to We need to see some of the descriptions and yes. see what people are saying. The other article we're going to cover today comes to us from pastemagazine.com, and it is entitled, This Beer Was Brewed With Pizza And Money. We're keeping with the theme of weird beers today. Yeah, it's, uh, interesting ways of brewing, it's strange ingredients. I can't think of anything more strange than money. I mean, yes, it takes money to make beer. Yes, it takes money to buy beer. But why in the world Pizza would you... and beer go together well. Yes, why in the world would you ever brew with money? I'm, I'm really intrigued to know more. So back in February, uh, the end of February, I believe, was San Francisco Beer Week. And this article comes from somebody up there um, who went around and was tasting a bunch of beers and giving their opinion on them. Uh, this one obviously stood out as a highlight, um, I can imagine, because of you know the idea of a beer brewed with pizza and money. So the backstory here is that Evil Twin and Norwegian brewery Lervig Aksha Briggery, I probably butchered that name, but we'll just go with it, collaborated on a beer called Big Ass Money Stout. Okay. It is literally brewed with pizza and money. You might ask how that even works. Well, basically evil twin, um, asked the Norwegian brewery for some local ingredients, trying to get some sort of flavor of Norway. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time, Norwegians, uh, according to the, this, how this article goes, Norwegians are really into this specific frozen pizza brand. And many of them are flush with cash. Thus pizza and money are local ingredients that were suggested to use. I don't think I need any more detail than as a part of this event. And it's a part of debuting this beer. They had on hand a huge snake, a gigantic yellow snake on the bar where they were serving beers. I don't, I don't know. Thank you. This, this doesn't get any weirder than this. this, It it can here. Let's, let's take it a, let's take it a little weirder. Okay. Okay. So frozen ham pizza was tossed into the boil of this beer. Okay. They let that go, let that sit. Then at the end, money is added after fermentation, similar to how you might dry hop an IPA, except instead of using hops, you're just throwing dollar-dollar bills at it. Now, whether it was American or Norwegian money, that's an interesting question here. Okay, and and paper money, I assume, is is what they were at. I would assume so, something that they can strain out or deteriorate that isn't going to sink to the bottom of the tank. Okay, all right. Evil Twin Brewer Yeppe says, you put hops in after fermentation to get a really fresh hop flavor, we were wondering if this would give us a fresh money flavor. Do we know how much this cost to drink? Uh, we do not. Uh, okay. But the the goal here was that they wanted to brew the strongest beer ever in Norway. They were shooting for a 20% beer. Uh, it ended up with at about 16%. Interesting. Okay. And that, I mean, obviously that's not going to be imparted by the frozen pizza nor the money, but... 
it's an interesting so it, it sounds like they were trying to tick a bunch of different boxes here with this beer um <laughs> how successful have they been is this something that that you would want to try i'm i i would i mean i would i would try it of um, course I, the the person writing this article does wrap up by basically saying um that the Neither the pizza or the money comes through on the flavor, but it is a delicious stout with uh, flavors of roasted malt, chocolate, and hints of caramel. Now, see, you should have led with that. I'm, <laughs> I would be definitely interested. You're, in... more, you're more interested in chocolate and caramel than ham pizza. No, no, stop there. No, nope. absolutely not. Pizza, frozen pizza, and cold pizza—that's uh, my wheelhouse. You know that. Yes, uh, but. To be brewed with, so I, I do have a, a bit of a story for me. I have had a beer that was brewed with pizza ingredients. It was actually a saison, a five point nine percent ABV saison called "It's Pizza Time," brewed by Stone Brewing. Enjoyed by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it says a pizza-inspired saison, Stone Stone Cali Belgique. IPA with sweet basil, oregano, thyme, fennel, pineapple, and jalapeno. Brewed in collaboration with Kevin Eastman, the creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Whoa, I didn't even know that. That was just a guess. Incredible, right? Wow. Yeah. That's 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 a phenomenal collaboration. Yeah. So the last, last check-in here looks like March 13th, 2018. So either this was... This looks like it was brought back recently. I had this at Stone's 19th anniversary. The name sounds very familiar. I feel like I've seen this around. Not necessarily recently, but I feel like I've seen it around. I rated it five stars. So, okay. I pizza flavored beer is 100% my wheelhouse and I'm ready for more of this, whether it's frozen pizza or whether it's just sort of the toppings and ingredients that you would make uh, a pizza with. Count me in. I'm ready. If you've got any questions about Untapped or beer in general and you want us to answer them on the show, please feel free to send them over to us using the hashtag AskUntapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We keep track of those and uh, try to answer them as best we can on the show. We also have links at podcast.untapped.com to everything we've talked about and a link to send a question to the show from there. Our Twitter, our Facebook, and our Instagram are all linked up there if you have trouble finding them. All right, show notes are available at podcast.untapped.com. And if you've got any questions or feedback, be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Untapped on all those platforms. If you take a moment to rate this show and write a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. The higher our ratings, the more people will find this wonderful show. And also share it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram if you would. It will help people find the show. Until next time. Cheers. cheers.